Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Hey, you made it another week. We are here to learn to earn. My name is Tyler Chef. I am your host. I'm glad you're here. This week, we are going to talk about not being a sheep when I come back. You're probably wondering what Tyler's up to now. What do you mean being a sheep, man? That kind of drives me crazy. What are you talking about? I'm not a sheep. I don't get on board with with everybody's line of thinking, right? Well, wrong. Here's why. Been on Facebook this week. Believe it or not, yeah, I was on Facebook reading some of the ridiculous posts that's going on. Hearing about the drama of the week doesn't even matter what the topic is. It could be the president. It could be Washington. It could be whoever ran for president. It could be... What kind of butter people use on their potatoes? I don't know. The bottom line is too many Americans, too many people, instead of choosing financial freedom, are instead choosing to allow the media to impact how they think. Allowing TV, commercials, social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, have an impact on how you think. Here's the thing. You will not achieve financial freedom. I realize that the majority of the folks that listen to this episode are not financially free. I do have some listeners that are financially free, but not all of you. So for the two or three of you out of the hundreds of thousands that are financially free, this doesn't apply to you. You can do whatever you want. As for the rest of you, the couple hundred thousand people out there that are listening to this show, I got news for you. You're going to have to break away from this and, and, and not let big brother, not let society keep us in financial jail. That's what's really going on, ladies and gentlemen, is when you're not financially free, you're essentially in financial jail. And that's one of the big reasons I started this podcast. I can't, I said this last week when I was down in the keys and again, it's, it's the feeling of being financially free, that feeling of not having to worry about where your next check comes from is unbelievable. However, today's, and this isn't meant to be a rant, this is more of a discussion today, today's media has twisted everything that goes on in our world. They choose, somebody feeds the beast, in other words, slides in some cash, and dictates, based on their own agenda, how we are supposed to think and act. Horrible things happen in the news every day. The media twists the facts. They're constantly pitting people against each other. It's disgusting. And the problem is this even works its way into something as simple, as basic as investing, whether it be in real estate or businesses or whatever. People believe that there's a certain type of behavior one must have. Sellers are predetermined to, to expect a certain type of behavior. Realtors are looked down upon. You know, there was a time that being a realtor was a sign of respect. I mean, it was a, it was a position of authority. It was you were the hot shot. You know, you had a blazer. You were professional. You were squared away. Now, I would I would put realtors. The reputation of realtors has slipped to an all time low. Not any particular reason or anything specific that's put it there. It's just public opinion based on the media has just run it down. People no longer see the value of a real estate commission. Those informations out there teaching people how to do things themselves. Well. I'm pretty mechanically inclined kind of guy, but I don't fix my own car, right? Because I don't want to get dirty because it's not the highest and best use of my time. However, today's media puts us in a mindset. It can completely ruin our day. 
And a good friend of mine made a post the other day about he's not long, no longer going to post anything negative on his profile. And I found that interesting because I don't see him as a negative guy, but I do see him as somebody, a victim who is caught up in the hype of the media. And I started thinking to myself, it's like knowing him like I do, I know that he's not a negative person deep down. However, he, like most of Americans, 99.9% of Americans, sometimes including me, gets caught up in the headlines, get caught up in what's going on. I can't tell you how many times I've posted something and then deleted it. At the end of the day, folks, for us to get financially free, we got to get out and talk to people. We got to close the, the lid on the social media and leave it behind us. Unless you're an entrepreneur in business and you're trying to get your word out, you know, trying to get your message out to the public, I don't really see a massive advantage on social media. In other words, to that end, the social media realm is not what I think we intended it to be. We intended it, intended it for a way to be more efficient in communicating with each other. We intended for it to be a benefit to our lives. Remember when they told us, those of you that are older like I am, they said that computers would make things easier for us? They would create more time in our day? Well, and exactly what what happened was the exact opposite. We've computers have have completely ruined everything. We've gotten lazy as a society. We don't talk to each other anymore. We don't communicate with one another effectively. Computers are the culprit of that. Now, granted, there's the human. You can't take away the human element. The humans humans are lazy by nature, generally, as compared to any other species in the world. And we put something, have something like technology, we immediately get in there and abuse it. We stop talking to people. We stop building relationships. And because of that, our wealth suffers. Our ability to take care of ourselves is impacted. A couple months ago, you, had me, you saw me do a post about taking social media or taking Facebook off my phone. I don't even have Twitter. I have a Twitter account. I have one of those automated things that does it for me, but I don't go on Twitter. I think I've posted on there maybe twice this year. Myself, I automate that whole process. But I've had students, they are so addicted to social media, they cannot think independently. They're, they're, they are so sucked into what's going on, that fear of missing out, that they're completely unprepared to deal with the real world, modern society. And I get that social media is modern society. However, if you are not in a position, if you're not the type of person that can go sit down and negotiate, and by negotiate, I don't mean putting somebody in a headlock, but if you're not able to break out on your own and do something different than other people, then you're going to remain the way things are right now. And you may have a great job and may have a nice house, a white picket fence and one and a half kids and everything's fine and dandy. The reality of it is you're going to continue to be a financial slave unless you make radical changes. That starts with breaking out of common mentality, not being a sheep. Not being a sheep comes down to more than just social media. It comes down to certain mindsets and ways of thinking. I'm not going to get on my soapbox about this Nike thing, except for the fact that I think there is nothing worse. It is a colossal waste of time to get all amped up about what a company does, whether you like it or love it. Who cares at the end of the day, folks? Who cares? People are freaking out on Facebook about half the, the world is, is sitting there with tongue in cheek going, ha ha, we've, we've got our word out. The other half is losing their mind about it. However, there is a silent majority of us, a silent number of us, I don't know if we're a majority, that really don't give a damn. At the end of the day, this is how I maintain the peace in my life. This is how I keep my sword sharp is I really don't give a damn what's going on with Nike and who they decide to sign. I could care less if they got honey boo boo representing their brand. It doesn't matter to me one bit, right? I'm, 
I don't care. I really could care less. Honey Boo Boo could be strutting a thong, uh, walking down the street in a pair of brand new Nikes. I could care less. I, it, it would probably repulse me, but I still could care less. I don't even know who this Colin Kaepernick dude really is. And frankly, I don't care. Right. He obviously has a bug up his butt. Whether or not he has a valid argument, I'm not to say. I don't know because I don't spend time focused on that garbage. You see, now I'm not taking away from his stance or I'm not saying that I'm for it or against it. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, Tyler's opinion on the topic means nothing. Right. So I'm not going to give it today. But what I do know is that this type of rhetoric as does serves no purpose except for to create a distraction. What it does is it distracts us from our goal of becoming financially free. It distracts us and keeps us in that financial jail that we exist. All of this stuff, social media, every bit of it, the news, Fox news is on uh, Sirius satellite. Have you ever listened to this stuff? CBS, CNN, I don't care what the channel is. It's all a bunch of, of propaganda and ridiculous information put out there by based on somebody's agenda and how much money they have. I don't care what side you're on, folks. They are twisting your mind. Now, that said, if you continue to exist in sheep mode, you are eventually going to go broke. You are going to see major economic shifts across all markets, okay? Do your homework. Follow people like Robert Kiyosaki, Peter Schiff. These are people that know what they're talking about. These are people that spend all day, every day, researching and and coming up with and identifying trends. Paying, They're paying attention. While the rest of us are on Facebook, these people are paying attention. These are the people that got their finger on what's going on in the world. They are making bold moves right now, preparing for economic crisis, in which time uh, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren, or, uh, Warren Buffett, right? They are preparing for economic collapse. And when it does happen, they are going to be sitting pretty. They are going to profit. I am going to profit wildly. Not just when the housing market changes, but when the economy shifts, as the economy continues to shift. Because, ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal. Our country is and has been broke for decades. You can't blame any one president, any one political party. We are just a broke nation. That's the reality of it. We are writing checks with our with our uh, mouths that our, our asses can't cash at the end of the day. We are, we are a broke, busted country. Therefore, you have to figure out a way to generate streams of income that are predictable. Think about the things that people rely on. Now would not be the time to go buy a dealership in luxury cars because guess what? When markets turn, luxury items start to twist, right? Start thinking outside the box. Don't do what everybody else is doing. When the market starts to change in the real estate space, people are going to panic and they're going to sell their properties. I talked a little bit about this last week. People lose their minds. They panic. They sell, trying to trying to capitalize on the way down. Folks, if you're going to sell your property, sell it while the market's up. If the market starts to dip, don't sell. Hold on to it. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to buy, buy for cash flow. Okay. Understand, again, that the media shows serves no purpose but to serve the agenda of their master. Just like slavery, the media is the common day slave. They work for the master. The master writes them a check and tells them what to do. They go out there in public and take their beating, and that's just the reality of it. I hate to be harsh, folks, but that is the, the reality. Don't let them influence you. Okay. Second thing I want to cover today is I want to talk about getting out of deal brain mode. 
It's not about the deal, ladies and gentlemen. It's about the relationship. And we've got to get back as a society, as real estate investors or stock investors or investors in companies or investors in anything, we have to get back to building relationships. We absolutely do. We've got to roll up our sleeves and go out and talk to people. And I know that sounds terrifying to some of you listening to this. You're thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to make me go out and talk to people. I don't want to talk to people. You've got to get out and start talking to people. You've got to start get out, getting out there and finding out what people's problems are. Because here's the reality. Everyone has problems. Everybody has problems. Whether it be emotional, financial, physical, all of these things tie to potential for opportunity. I don't mean to sound like a grave digger or a gold digger, whatever you call it, uh, but you still have to focus on solving, first identifying, and then solving people's problems. Everything that you do in the investing space, I don't care whether you're investing in stocks, whatever, is identifying problems. If you're a stock investor, you should be looking for trends and situations with companies that may have an impact on their stock prices and making investment decisions accordingly. That's just good common sense. They've been doing that since the stock market started. That's how people make money in the stock market. Buy low, sell high. That said, ladies and gentlemen, let's not get caught up in the herd mentality. Don't be that sheep. Don't be one panicking saying, I'm not going to buy right now because the market's too crazy. Continue to look for opportunity. Continue to educate the marketplace on what you're looking for. You will continue to find opportunity. We are negotiating on a portfolio of properties right now that just popped up out of nowhere. Actually, I got the deal because, or the opportunity rather, because a wholesale did a, a wholesaler did a lousy job of marketing a property. And they didn't have a buyer for a property. Now they're in trouble. So I saw this thing come over by text message to Jill got it. She got a random text message. So I did a little bit of research and realized the problem is the wholesaler is doing, is not, doesn't have any buyers. They're doing a terrible job. They're guessing. So what did I do? Well, I did my little magic and the folks in the mastermind learned this. Of course, I did my little magic. And within a few seconds, I had the seller, the, the seller's phone number and email address. I blasted them a little text using my secret formula. I got them on board with talking to me. We got on the phone. We had a great conversation. Come to find out they're unloading their entire portfolio. We had a prop talk about the property that I originally called on. And then she started saying, well, I have another property here, another property there. And can you take all these properties and deal with them? Some of them I'm going to list on the market and sell and get them top dollar. Others I'm going to probably keep on terms because I've built rapport with the seller. I've had a good conversation with the seller. They're in a situation that I'm not going to elaborate on. They need to get going on and they need to get a solution. Their idea of a solution is liquidating their assets. Okay, I'm fine with that. They also believe that the, the property value is tied to the tax value, which I'm definitely okay with that. So with that said, I'm going to focus on their problem and getting them the, their property sold quickly. They need this first property gone in two weeks. So we're going to work on that. We're going to get this thing. I'm going to go ahead and list this one and sell it. They've got another one that we're probably going to keep and buy. Uh, but we're going to turn these around real quick. We're going to make money. The seller's going to make money. They're going to capitalize on an up market and everybody wins. Now, if I was going to be a sheep, most realtors would be like, oh, I don't want that house because it's not pretty. I don't want that house because the price point isn't high enough, right? It's a tiny deal. It's a $100,000 deal, right? What am I going to make? Six, seven grand on it. Big deal, right? However, it puts me in front of a whole bunch of potential deals, ladies and gentlemen. So don't get caught up in the fact that, well, I don't want that because it's too small or I don't want that because it's too big. Roll up your sleeves if it's within your investor identity, if it's within your, your, your cone of what you're focused on, then go out there and knock it out. 
Now, that said, I am a real estate agent, so sometimes I use my license to get investment properties in my in my favor. So what that means is here we have a, a client with a property that she wants to unload really quickly. Well, I can put that to work and unload that property for her in a New York minute. I can be fully upfront and disclose to her market value. I can find some knucklehead investor that's going to probably try to flip the house. I can sell it to them. I don't have to even talk to them. I have another agent that will do it for me. That's the power of the MLS, ladies and gentlemen. Realistically, off-market properties right now are selling for more than on-market properties. So putting this bad boy in the MLS, I can sell it in a, in, a, in a second flat. Second flat. Meanwhile, the wholesalers are out there guessing, trying to figure stuff out. We're going to have this thing sold and closed before the wholesalers even know what happened. The beauty of that is it opens me up. Now they've got a, a, a pocket full of cash, right? The seller's got a pocket full of cash. So I'm going to use the fact that they have a pocket full of cash to say, hey, number one, once you use some of that cash to solve your problems, how about we make sure you don't have any more problems again? Let's get the rest of these properties sold. We'll take some of them on terms. We'll sell some more of them. If they want down payments, we can work that out creatively. Let's say if they've got 10 properties, maybe we'll buy three or four of them. We'll sell the rest for them. We just gave them a whole bucket load of cash. Maybe we'll forego charging them a real estate commission in exchange for down payments on these other properties and they can hold the paper. You know, if I can put a half million dollars in their pocket, does that work? Well, of course it works. You're never going to know, ladies and gentlemen, how to structure these deals unless you go out there and roll up your sleeves and ask questions. You've got to talk to people. People are always looking for my super duper secret script that I say to magically make people roll over and hand me the deed to their property. It doesn't work that way. I don't have a, a go-to close for every situation. No good salesperson does. But what I do have is two ears, and I use them to listen. And I listen very intently to what sellers tell me. And I ask good questions. Very good, very basic, very simple questions. Here's another thing. Don't be one of those people that over overthinks things or tries too hard to make the seller think that you're super smart. That's going to intimidate them, make them uncomfortable. These are the things I learned from Larry Harbolt, by the way. Larry Harbold, if you haven't been to his podcast, go to uh, go over to either iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever you're on, over, uh, Overdrive or Overcast, and uh, just type in Larry Harbold, you'll get to his podcast. These are the golden nuggets I get from somebody like Larry Harbold. Keeping my big mouth shut and listening, not being being like every other joker. You know, you go on Facebook, you see these kids in the, standing there on the or Instagram, they're on the yacht and the girls in the bikinis, and they're like, you know, they don't have to put any work, money just rolls to them. That's a bunch of crap. You got to roll up your sleeves and you got to talk to people. You can't sit behind a cell phone and have a text message conversation with a seller. In this case, this woman's in her mid fifties. She's not going to have a text conversation with you about her life's problems. Instead, she's going to have a good conversation with me because I came across very soft. I can change the pitch of my voice a little bit, sound more like this, and I can be more consulting for her and, and consultive and, and be a good listener and help her out. Now, doesn't that sound sometimes for some of you sound a little soothing? and change the picture, and that's exactly what happened with this seller. She's like, I like the way you talk to me. I like that. That makes me happy. You talk to me nice. You're not mean to me like the other man. Well, the other man is the wholesaler that failed. He used high-pressure tactics to get her to go under contract. Well, the problem is he failed. So, haha, my turn. We'll get this done real quick. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, when I'm talking about problems, before I wrap up here, having money with no place to invest it is a major problem. Okay, That is a major, major problem. And a lot of people are like, no, not really, because I'll just wait till the market crashes and then buy when things are low. I got news for you. By the time the market crashes and you know about it, it'll be too late. The market will already be on the way back up. Nobody is that savvy. None of us are Warren Buffett. So you buy when the numbers make sense and you buy for cash flow always because 
There is no such thing as a seller's market or a buyer's market. That's a bunch of garbage. I've talked about that before. So please stop saying that. There is no such thing as a seller's market. There is no such thing as a seller's market. I click my heels and say, there's no place like home. Maybe I'll wind up in Kansas again. Oh, please don't send me to Kansas. I've been there once. No, thank you. But ladies and gentlemen, skip the hype and the boys club. And that's another thing I want to talk about briefly. These RIA meetings, at least in my market, the Tampa Bay market, we got these RIA meetings, these little clicky things, and everybody shows up and eats lousy food and eats carbs and gets fatter, sitting there drinking soda and accomplishing nothing, really. You got some overinflated price wholesaler standing up there pitching a property they don't have under contract to a bunch of people that don't have any money. And somewhere in the corner sits somebody that really wants to invest their IRA into hard money to do flips because they're too scared to flip themselves. That's actually pretty smart. But um, the reality of that is, is that they're going to probably want to put their deal in a bad flip. They're going to lose their retirement and they're going to either that, or they're going to pay some guru $50,000 to teach him what you can learn right here in this podcast for free. So I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, what the heck is the advantage of going to a RIA meeting? What is the, what, what do you get from it? I'm, I'm not seeing it. Instead, go out and talk to real people that actually have problems. Because remember at the RIA meetings, everybody, everybody, that's where the sheep are. That's where the herd is grazing. They're all there posturing. None of what they all want you to think they're rich, even though most of them are, are broke and busted. Most of them have unfinished flips. They've, they've got bad credit. That's where those people hang out. Those people have no benefit to you unless you want to wait till they lose their own house. But a lot of real estate investors I meet, they don't even qualify to buy a house, <laughs> let alone have one to lose. So you're wasting your time. You're talking to a bunch of renters. That's great. If you've got a bunch of houses to sell, otherwise avoid the real meetings. They're a waste of time. I've said that in the past. There are some meetings that are better than others, but at the end of the day, folks, get out there and talk to real people. Talk to people. Ask them what's going on in the world, what makes them happy, what makes them sad. Listen to them. When they come up with the problems, you will learn to identify problems. Those people in the mastermind with me understand how to realize problems. They are going to learn how to close these people. Okay? Talk to people, learn about them, and learn about what is important. And let's get some deals done, ladies and gentlemen. You can't say you can't find a deal if you haven't made any offers. I'm going to wrap it up right there, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not made any offers, then you've got no business saying that you can't find an opportunity. Don't stand there and look at what's for sale, shaking your head and going, well, that's just just overpriced. I'm not going to even make an offer. Who cares if you offend the seller? Forget about what the seller has to say. Go out and ask questions, have conversations. If you don't, if you want to be seller direct, which is how you really get deals done, avoid listed properties. Stay the heck away from realtors and wholesalers. They offer you zero advantage in the marketplace. All you're doing is padding their pockets. Go be seller direct. Roll up your sleeves. Don't be scared. Go talk to a seller. Have a conversation with them and understand why they need what they need. I need cash. Why do you need cash? On your business. I really need to know. There are way, lots of great ways to get them out of that. We've talked about that before in the podcast. People in the mastermind are going to master that art. Part of the reason we call it mastermind. Get out there and ask questions, solve problems. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it right there. I hope you have a great week. If you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, go to tyler.tube. That's T-Y-L-E-R dot T-U-B-E. Type that into any web browser. That will take you right to my YouTube channel. That's tyler.tube. I am doing, ladies and gentlemen, a vlog, by the way. I'm doing a, a, a vlog. I haven't released it yet. I'm trying to figure out if, it, if it's something I'm, gonna, I'm willing to do. It's a lot of work. But uh, get over there and watch my videos. I just put up some new ones about how to find clues in the news and stuff like that. So make sure you get over there and take advantage of that information. It's there for you. It's absolutely free. T-Y-L-E-R dot T-U-B-E. Tyler Tube. Go Tyler Tube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. You'll get notified every time I 
do a new video. Ladies and gentlemen, wrap it right there. Hope you have a great week and we'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.